All right, what's up, everybody? <clears throat> My name's Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. And we're on episode 88 of Goals and Updates, which is amazing. See if I can fix this up a little bit. Uh, so we're doing pretty well on Goals and Updates. Let me, uh, let me type this in real quick. My, uh, I had some technical difficulties, so I had to type all the stuff in. Just give me one second. Goals and Updates. Uh, and one sec, episode 88, www.tondue, investments, damn, I didn't spell it right, but it's all good. And one second. It's kind of hard to do all this stuff. All right. Hopefully people get that because <laughs> I messed up the, the email address on there, but you guys should be able to get it. Uh, I hate when it does this. Doesn't let me put this down. All right, I got it. <laughs> all right, so we're on episode 88 of Goals and Updates, so we're doing pretty well. We're almost on episode... Uh, 90, which would then be, I guess, like, uh, like we're basically there. Then we only have 10 more episodes till episode 100, which is pretty awesome. That's, that's one of my goals is to get to a hundred episodes. Um, <clears throat> so how we do this is I update you guys in the beginning of my life, some updates on, on goals that I have updating you on basically accomplishments that I've, I've been doing throughout the week leading up to episode, um, each episode. I do two episodes a week, by the way. Monday and Wednesday at 7. I try to start at 7 as close as I possibly can. Sometimes I have uh, technical difficulties. But I try to get it at 7, and then it normally ends around 8.20, 8.30. So every Monday and Wednesday, so that's two episodes a week, I come to your Facebook and Instagram, and we go ahead and, and we try to get your thinking, thinking a little bit different, right? Because everyone has negative thinking, but we're trying to flip that negativity into positive thinking, and that's what Goals and Updates is designed to do. So uh, in every single episode, what we do is I update you guys on my life, update you guys on goals that I'm presenting, and then from there we go into two topics, and today's topics are excuses and entitlement. And then I go and talk about my company, Done Deal Investments LLC, and then we wrap it up at the end. So <clears throat> we're going to start off, obviously, with updating you guys on, on my life, what I'm doing, uh, what I've accomplished and some goals that I've been thinking about updating on my personal level. So some of the stuff I wanted to update you guys on is um, I, I have been thinking for a while creating a website for goals and updates. So this way, if, um, cause I, I don't obviously make any money off this. So what I was thinking about doing was creating a website that way it would drive a little bit more traffic and I could expand a little bit. And at the same time, put like donations in there. So if anyone wanted to like support, goals and updates and, and created to, um, you know, one of the, like the best podcast channels that I, you know, obviously that's why I'm doing it. Uh, I want to try to get to a point where goals and updates will be uh, one of the top, top ranked podcasts in the world. Right. And I want to get more exposure of it. So in order to do that, I need a little bit of capital. I don't have, I'm not big enough to get sponsors. Like I don't get enough traffic and I'm not big enough where I can go and get sponsors for this show. So I can't really make money that way 
and support it. So um, I'm probably going to have to do something with donations. And that's why I was thinking about doing with the website with goals and updates, just creating a website and posting all like the videos up there. If I can, I got to figure out how to do all that, by the way, but put like videos up there, explain what goals and updates is all about. And basically just have like a donation button in the, in the actual webpage. And that way, if anyone wants to support goals and updates and get it to where, you know, where I want to get it, they can just donate and, and donate to a good cause. So that's what I was thinking about with uh, updating with goals and updates. Uh, some other stuff I wanted to update on is um, I've been doing pretty well. I feel like I could do better, but uh, at my job, I've been doing pretty, pretty good on numbers. I've been, I've been kind of hitting uh, like the 100 mark or the 100% mark, specifically 107% mark and around 108%. The other day, I think I did hit 120. Uh, I don't know which day it was, but she every single week she'll send out the days and it'll be and it'll show you pro, uh, productivity levels. And I've been hitting pretty consistently 108, which is not bad. It just means like I have to, if I move a little bit faster, I could probably hit the 120 easy. But I think like two days ago, I did hit 120, like 120%. And that, that showed me that I can't, it, it is possible for me to hit uh, 120%. And I could be striving for a little bit more because I'm starting to get a little bit more comfortable. And the, the hard part at that job is there's a lot of different moving parts. So sometimes like there's technical difficulties and it slows me down. And like, like today when I went to leave, my email was getting all messed up and I had to go off on uh, it's called system down or systems down on uh, on the phone. And it, it just causes like delays. So that's, that's what kind of holds me back sometimes is little, little technical delays. And I got to figure out how to push through that faster and, and start up a little bit faster. But m the hardest part for me is when I first get there is moving fast. Once I start going and I get in the rhythm, it's pretty, it's pretty smooth sailing. I'm pretty committed. I go fast. It's just starting, which is a drag, right? Because you're, you're trying to start into something that you know is going to be a long process. So I'm trying to mentally embrace myself before I get there in the car. And then when I get there, I try to move as fast as I can. But I know I'm kind of delaying myself a little bit. There's like so many things I'm trying to get set up so it's a smooth ride through that whole entire shift for eight hours. But my, my new goal for that is to try to hit 120% for the month. And that doesn't mean I have to hit 120% every single day of the month, like all 30 days, most of the, most of the months are 30 days. It doesn't mean I have to hit 120% every day for 30 days. It just means I have to have an overall average of 120% for the month. So, you know, I have to dig a little bit deeper. I don't know how many days I'd have to hit 120% for it to be um, averaged out at 120% per, uh, productivity for the month. But that's, that's a goal that I'm going to set for myself because um, I constantly get the 150, but it would be nice to get another 150 and then get $300 a month. And if I could somehow figure out how to keep my flow going and my pace going and the number that I need consistent, I could be getting $300 extra every single month, which, you know, could go a long way for me. It's, it's savings, you know, maybe put a little bit more, um, you know, equipment into, into this podcast, like different things update, you know, put more money into done deal investments. I uh, save, you know, different things, different requirements, different courses I could take online. So the 300 definitely will help me every single month. And it's definitely needed. Uh, the other thing I wanted to update you guys on is 
they do a, I think it's every month they do awards at my job. It's the, the most improved. The next one I think is like the highest pro, uh, producer there. I, I don't think that's what it's called, but I think it's the top person within that department, their numbers. Um, I've, you know, I, I haven't gotten any of that stuff yet, but um, one of my goals is to get either best improved or the top numbers, you know, eventually the top, top person in that department and it's going to come with a little, probably a little bit more time. There's, there's people that have been there for years, so it's a little difficult to get there, but I know it's possible, but um, that's, that's my next goal too, is, is to get 120% for the month, get that extra 150 bonus and to get an award uh, for like people recognizing me. Cause that, that means they're recognizing me, right? My, like my uh, productivity and my numbers and everything. That means they're recognizing me if I can get that award. So I need, I, I'm, I'm trying to work for that on top of getting the 120% for the month. So those are my two big goals that I'm trying to push for with goals related to my, my full-time job right now. Um, personal goals. I'm, I'm still trying to work pretty hard on, on weight. Uh, I think I'm still at 180. My weight fluctuates, so it's. I think the weight thing, like uh, losing weight and keeping a, a healthy schedule and a healthy, like balanced meal, is is the biggest challenge for me because my whole entire life I've never done any of that. Never tracked calories. I've never tracked what was going in my body. I never, um, you know, I never went to the gym consistently. I kind of always kind of quit, and you know, I'm kind of still kind of doing that a little bit right now, which I'm kind of you know a little pissed at myself for because I'm, I'm just struggling so bad with like keeping a consistent workout schedule. I, uh, I'm really struggling with like eating consistently not really too much on the eating consistently part, but more on like the structure of a schedule for uh, working out and being, and being committed to going, you know, every Monday, every Tuesday, every Thursday, you know, trying to commit to three days a week. Um, even if to some people, you know, it sounds, it doesn't sound like a lot to me. It's really hard because I've never consistently, tried to go to the gym, uh, you know, for like a whole year consistently. Like I've never had like a whole year where I've gone consistently to the gym. It's just, it's, it's, it's something that I'm trying to physically change. And it's very, very easy for me to go, Hey, like, I, I don't have to go today. Like no one's telling me to go today. It's, it's my own, my own free will. So that's, that's the hard part for me is like, I want it really bad, but my, my part, my, my problem is like, I easily can talk myself out of not going and because I'm so busy all the time too. I'm like, I, I'd rather get this done than go to that. I'll sacrifice that. So it's kind of, it's probably also probably a priority issue where I'm not uh, prioritizing that that's, that's a bigger issue than doing X, Y, and Z. Right. So I need to, you know, I got to figure out how to get that better. Same thing with sleeping. Like sleeping is a big goal that I want to change for myself. I want to start getting up at least six thirty. Six, you know, probably like six. Yeah, well, yeah, probably like six minimum. Uh, my other friend was talking about trying to get up at like he used to get up. He said at like five to four thirty in the morning, and he'd work out. And that's a that's that's something that I know is probably not going to happen overnight. That's definitely like going to take me a while, just for the fact that you know I struggle just going consistently three times a week to the gym, and then just completely dramatically changing my schedule to getting up at like five in the morning and going to the gym, it's going to be really hard. It's going to, it's probably, that'd probably be the most difficult part of everything, but you know, I'm working on some goals. I gotta, you know, I, I got, you know, I let myself go on some of the goals and you know, I'm kind of, I get pissed at myself. I do. I wake up every single morning and I'm like, damn, you know, I don't know why you did that. 
you spent, you know, a month and a half getting this far and then you kind of just let it go. And then all the results kind of like got screwed because you, you let two weeks go by of, of, of not committing to what you were committing a month and a half into. So I, I really got to start trying to get that better. And the reason I'm telling you guys this stuff is because, you know, I'm, I'm going through the same stuff as you. Like I'm trying to better myself and I'm trying to pick out what I'm weak at. I'm trying to figure out my weaknesses and I'm trying to get them into strength or strengthened positions where I can then, you know, be, be a better me, be a better, uh, be a better human, be a better me, like be happy with myself because I know the biggest, um, the biggest issue that most people are not satisfied with is either weight and how they look physically, right? That's a big issue. And in America, it's a big issue with obesity, right? A lot of people are overweight. A lot of people eat fast food. A lot of people don't really um, care what they're putting in their body. They're just going for what tastes great. And unfortunately, most of the stuff that tastes very, very good are not the best things that your body really needs. So it's not nutritious. It's not, um, you know, it's not helping your body out in, uh, in, in a positive way most of the time. I'm not saying you can't eat some of that stuff once in a while, right? Like you can, it's just, you have to discipline yourself to try to eat vegetables, fruits, um, which I've never had a problem with. But my, my thing is like, it's easy for me to just say like, oh, I can cheat and going and eat this. And I probably shouldn't have eaten that. And now, you know, I went to the gym and now I came home and I ate that and it probably killed my, my whole entire gains or my, my results, right? Just, just by eating something that was bad. And that's the diet issue. But I've, like I said, I, all this stuff that I'm telling you, I haven't, I haven't done any of that stuff until recently. Like I've been recently trying to change. So you're taking like 18 years of doing something the same constantly for 18 years. And then you're trying to change it and go in a whole different direction. And it's very, very difficult. Um, but you know, I'm working on, and I'm not a quitter. Right? I'm not a quitter. I'm going to keep going until I get it right. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep failing, and I'm going to keep going until I finally succeed. And that, that you know, and that's how that's how it's done. That's how um, you know you're not going to succeed all the time. You're going to you're going to mess up on your goals. You're going to mess up in life, and you're going to have to try to pick yourself back up and, and keep going. So those are personal goals. Uh, done deal investments. Um, oh, the other thing too is I got to try to. I think I said it last. Uh, episode where I was trying to get that social media. It didn't have, I didn't really get too much time on Tuesday. Um, I messed up a little bit on Tuesday. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I got a couple of good things done. I called uh, Duns and Bradstreet. I got some um, letter in the mail and that's for business credit. So, you know, I'm trying to work hard on that. Um, I'm trying to work hard on paying a lot of like a lot of my debts off. Uh, done deal investments, uh, you know, has, you know, it does have, it does, you know, every business has some type of debt, but my personal, I have, I have some personal debt that I've been really working hard. I cleared, I cleared a lot of it. Uh, right now I'm just working on like a personal loan, which, um, was due to like credit card. I think it was a little bit of credit card consumption. And then some of it was like business related expenses. So, you know, that like, that's going to happen whenever you have a business, you're going to have uh, expenses when you first start up. Um, so that's, you know, some of that one on that personal loan, but that's the big one that I'm working on right now is that personal, uh, personal loan. I cleared out my hospital bill, which took me like seven, I think seven or eight months just because, um, like that happened and I wasn't really prepared for that. And I was paying some other debts at the same time. So when that happened, that was like $1,500 right there. I wasn't expecting to really walk into or, 
land, you know, for something like that to happen where I messed up my elbow and <clears throat> I had to do uh, payments for that. So it took me a while because 50, you know, 15,000 or not 15,000, uh, $1,500 is still, you know, I'm, I'm still at a, at a point where it's, it's, it still hurts. <laughs> right. But so that's that cleaning out that I'm trying to think if I can update you guys on anything else. Uh, I think that's basically everything though. But yeah, I really want to get that social media uh, certificate done since that was paid for. It's like a $200 certificate that the company that I was working for before this is going to like reimburse me for. So I didn't end up paying that um, out of pocket. So that's a good, and that's a good certificate to get. It's, it, it's everything, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, paid advertising. So it, it's got, it's got a lot of different uh, tools for social media that, if you're trying to go for a social media job or even a marketing job, it's very, very good on a resume to have that certificate. So definitely want to go back and get that. Um, let me think I might think anything done deal investments. I, I do have some goals. I actually wrote down, uh, I was listening to a sales or a pitch video for sales on the phone with Grant Cardone. It was uh, young hustlers. And I did tend to write on the sticky as I was thinking about it. Cause they were talking about pitches. And they're saying how hey, you got to keep on cleaning up your pitch, keep cleaning up your pitch, right? Keep pitching, keep pitching. And it's got to, it, that's the hook, right? When I make a phone call, um, obviously not with this company I'm with, cause it's, I'm not really, I'm not selling anyone anything, but um, for my business, when I do cold calls, I have to pitch people on done deal investments. They're not going to know who I am. I'm calling a random stranger. I have probably about like 20 to 30 seconds to really pitch them, right? To, to hook them and sink them in. So I came up with this where, um, you know, I'll just give you an example where I'd be like, Hey, like, you know, ring, ring, ring person picks up, be like, Hey, this is Tyler with Dundee investments. I'm just giving you a call because we sell properties in seven days or less in any condition. Uh, if, and then, you know, I'd go into something, but like my pitch is that basically the, we sell properties in seven days or less in any condition. Now I'm going to have to probably clean that up. Right. Um, because it says we sell properties in seven days or less in any condition. Now <clears throat> I have to, you know, pitch that a couple times to random people and see what they say, but I have to, I'm definitely probably gonna have to clean it up a little bit because the pitch has to put in there what, what I'm, you know, what I do as a company or a business. And at the same time, the other person has to understand when I pitch it to him, like, oh, that's okay. That's what he's talking about. They have to understand what I'm kind of talking about, right? It can't just be like a, a sentence that doesn't really make too much sense. So, but at the same time, it has to be very, very bold. It has to be like a bold statement. So that's why I put seven days or less in any condition, right? So, and then, you know, this business is probably gonna be more reference, to be honest with you. Like I, I got to start figuring out, um, how to make a, uh, a call list, right? Like where to get data from and I have to start driving some traffic. You're probably going to start seeing pretty soon. Um, the reason I haven't really been doing it right now is because I didn't have a lot of, um, I had, you know, I had some debt, which some of my money was going to, and I didn't really, ha I was kind of stretched a little thin. So I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have some play money with, but <clears throat> now since that's paid off, um, and unfortunately I got a, I got a red light ticket, which like, I don't, you know, it is what it is, but, um, I got that. So, you know, that's basically like my last debt and then it's just the personal, oh, and I'm basically cleared on credit card debt. Right. So not this, this, um, paycheck, but next paycheck, 
I'll be credit card debt free. So I'll be free of debt except for the personal loan, which is the biggest one. But um, that, that's, that's, that's an amazing improvement because most of the stuff I had was credit card debt. So I cleared the credit card debt, increased my credit rating. I got, um, you know, the, uh, the dead debt, which is like hospital debt and this ticket and stuff like that. So little things, school debt. Cause at the same time, you know, I just recently graduated college. So I was paying college debt on top of, um, you know, college class debt on top of credit card debt, on top of this debt, right? So I cleared a lot of it out. And that's actually why I got this job that I'm at right now full time because I'm like, I can't, I can't maintain all this stuff. Uh, I have to increase my income and I have to go full time or work somewhere where they're gonna pay me a lot more money because um, I'm like, I can't, I can't survive on $15,000 a year. Like, I can't do it with all this debt. So I'm like, I gotta go get a, another job and you know, I'm going to have to work a lot more hours, but if they're going to pay me a lot more, it'll help me clear out some of this debt. And at the same time, I'll be able to, you know, save some money and, and move, move money around and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I have to go get another job. Um, and unfortunately that's why I left. I mean, it's good, good decision on my part. Cause it's gonna, it's helping out in a lot of different ways, health benefits and stuff like that. But I lost a lot of my time, but anyways, so those are some updates with myself. Um, now we're going to go into the two topics. So the first topics we're going to talk about is excuses. Now this is a, a pretty common topic um, with anyone that you know will ever talk about sales, anything related to business, anything related to self improvement. Uh, we all know what an excuse is. I can give you a couple examples where all it would be is like if I wanted to go to the gym, right, and I'm supposed to go to the gym tonight, and I tell myself yesterday or even this morning, I'm like, hey. I don't care. I'm going to go to the gym today. I don't care what's, you know, what happens, but at some point tonight, I need to go to the gym at 9 PM. I need, you know, I feel fat. I, you know, when I sit down, like I feel all my fat. Cause this happens to me sometimes. Like I'm sitting down and I'm like, damn, yeah, I'm, I'm, I gained weight. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I gained weight. And I'm like, I got to go to the gym tonight and run and just, and run some of this, like, you know, some of this fat off and feel better about myself when I sit down in a chair at work. Or even when I just get out of bed, right? Or even walking, I'm like, because when I sit, it's when I really feel, um, you know, when I gain weight or if I lost weight. But uh, so, you know, so let's say I put, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the gym tonight at 9 p.m. And, you know, I tell myself this at like 8 in the morning. And it comes down to maybe an hour before or two hours before. And it looks like I'm not going to, it looks like, you know, maybe I'm working. Maybe I'm doing this podcast and it's running over. And I'm only going to have 15 minutes to get dressed and go. I, that might be an excuse that I create for myself where I'm like, damn, I only have 15 minutes left to get dressed and go and get there by nine. I'm not going to make it. It's probably not worth it. I'm just going to go tomorrow. Right. So that's an excuse that I'm, that I'm creating for myself where I'm like, oh man. And, and trust me, like it happens a lot with me with definitely working out where I'm like, I'm like, damn, I really know I got to go. And I set it and it's all set on my mind and I'm all hyped to go to the gym. And then something comes up and I'm like, I'm like, damn, I really should get this done. And I end up skipping out of the gym and I tell myself, all right, I'm going to go tomorrow. And of course I don't go tomorrow because, you know, I'm not uh, like in my mind, I keep pushing it off so that I created an excuse for myself. Right. So what I want to talk about on this is, uh, you know, you got to. The hard part 
honestly is like you have to realize that you're making an excuse for yourself and that's probably not even the hardest part because most people realize when they make an excuse for themselves they they actually don't even uh, deny that factor right like most of the time when you go to talk to someone you're like oh it's just an excuse and they go yeah I know right and they laugh about it like because I've done that a couple times too where uh, someone's like oh that's just an excuse I think my uncle actually did to me one time uh, about making like uh, cold calls and I was, and he was like, did you make any cold calls yet? And I'm like, no, not yet. I'm just really busy and I'm trying to get all this other stuff done. And he's like, he's like, he's like, yeah, that's just an excuse. And I was like, I know, I know. <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. I'm trying to get this done. And I just, I just, I just don't feel like I have the time to do it right now. <clears throat> and he's like, no, it's just an excuse. Right. But I, I, but I would tell him straight up. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I understand what you're saying. And I did like, and it was an excuse, right? I'm not picking up the phone and making the phone calls, but my, uh, my problem was I was creating an excuse for myself where I was putting a time where I was basically like, I don't have enough time. And the, and the problem that I couldn't see or the solution I couldn't see is I shouldn't, I, I should have been creating or making time to make the calls, right? Like maybe the other stuff wasn't so much important and I maybe placed uh, importance, important C. I don't know if that's really like a real word. Well, I know it's a real word, but I don't know if it's like, if that even really made sense in the sense, but, um, I put too much of importance on, uh, you know, cleaning my room, right. When I probably should have put more importance on actually going out and, and making some sales calls. Right. So that, that's, that's been my problem is my whole entire life. I've kind of made up excuses and just recently, like the last two years, I, um, I started kind of pushing back on the excuses where I'm like, you know, I felt small because this person denied me something or I, um, wanted to always do, uh, BM, you know, I was really into BMX at the time, <clears throat> like five, seven years ago, I really into BMX and everyone was kind of in it for a good solid year. Maybe the, my close friends around me and then they kind of quit. They all were like, because they were all skaters before that, but um, they probably went with the trends because, you know, they probably went with a skateboard trend and then they're like, oh, like BMX would be cool. So then uh, they went with the BMX trend and I have, I actually got suckered into, I, I don't like, well, not suckered, right? Suckered probably like a stupid word to say because I actually really like BMX. But when I first heard about it, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of, like, that's cool, right? I'm watching those videos. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And I got, I bought my first BMX bike and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even J hop, which is where you pick the bike up, where you just jump, jump, you know, jump from nothing. Like you're jumping right off the ground and I couldn't do that. And I, and I kind of, it was, you know, I try, 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 couldn't do it. I, my friends would be able to do it. I couldn't do it. And I would just keep working on it, working on it, working on it. A couple months later, I finally got it. And I thought I was so cool because I'm like, oh yeah, I can pick the bike up, <laughs> but it's nothing. Right. But eventually what ended up happening was my, um, my friends ended up kind of quitting. They were like, oh, I, I'm not any good at it. Like, I, I don't have time to practice. So they quit on it. And I would go outside almost every single day after school. And I would just kind of practice like 180s, uh, 360s. I'd practice different things just because I was so intrigued on it. And I was so committed. And I ended up getting like perfect 180s. Like perfect, perfect 180s. I'd roll backwards for a decent amount of time. I could go in a circle if I had to. Um, I could like backwards J-hop. I, I started getting different tricks, um, you know, in my arsenal, basically. 
My problem, I think, though, was I wasn't – my problem was, like, I didn't go and find other people. Like, I found a couple other people where I'd go to the skate parks, but I could never find anyone that was really committed like I was. And I think that's what drained me because I – you know, I was getting, I was learning all these tricks, but I was always by myself. And it was a sport where it wasn't really fun by yourself. It was fun. It, you know, it was a struggle and it was fun to constantly keep attempting the trick and failing and trying to figure out how to, how to fix it and, and make it better and make it look a lot cooler and a lot, um, and a lot cleaner. But my problem always was I was always kind of bored in a, in a sense, because I was always by myself. I didn't have anyone else around me trying to, you know, do tricks with me. And like, I wasn't really competing. I was only competing with myself and I kind of got bored with it. Cause then, you know, then it's up to me to set the standards and I'm not competing with someone else that's trying to like get better at something. So my problem was I created the excuse, right? I created an excuse where I'm like, you know, I, I don't really probably want to BMX anymore. And then I ended up quitting that. But my problem really was that I created an, I created my own excuse where I was like, you know, no one's BMXing anymore. Uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to BMX by myself. Why would I want to BMX with myself? But that's more of an excuse, right? Like I could have kept going if I really wanted to. Same thing with, same thing with hockey. I kind of made an excuse with hockey when I kind of stopped playing hockey because I was really good at hockey. Um, I tell, I tell people all the time. I'm like, if I would have committed to, to con- continuing uh, playing hockey, I probably really could have got some major scholarships going into college. And at the same time, like I probably could have been, um, you know, and I, I don't know, I can't tell you for sure that I would have uh, been a draft pick in, in the NH, uh, NHL, but I'm pretty sure I, I, I would have had a pretty good chance of, of ex, you know, trying to actually do that and exceeding because I, I play, I started hockey at a very, very young age. Right? I played hockey when I was like, I think nine or 10, I started off, um, they call street hockey, worked my way up to roller hockey and street hockey was just because the leagues, um, were older and you had to learn how to, I, not ice skate, but roller skate. And once you got out of that and then you got a little bit older, then you can go into the roller leagues. And that's what ended up happening with me. I ended up uh, learning how to roller skate pretty well. It's getting backwards, all the techniques, stopping fast. And, and having control because some people could stop fast, but you know, they didn't really have control and I, and I was able to do all that stuff. So I had a lot of skill. I knew how to play each position pretty well besides goalie. Like I hated goalie, but I had a lot of um, ambition to get good at it. And I was very competitive when it came to, to sports. So I had, I had all the, you know, the skills, the traits. And what ended up happening was once I got to age 18, they really didn't do roller leagues anymore. You could go find some pickup games that I ended up doing for a little while. But then what ends up happening is then you kind of get bored with that. Cause then you're, you're reliant on other people showing up. Uh, there's not a lot of people that normally do the pickup games. You, um, you know, it's not, very, it's competitive, but it's not as competitive as, as you probably want it to be. Like you're not really achieving anything. There's no real uh, achievement at the end of it. You're just trying to win against uh, another team and trying to, you know, play play a pretty good game and, and be competitive but there's really no ultimate goal in it like you're not trying to win a trophy you're not trying to win a league and I think what ended up happening was I got bored it was kind of getting a little bit more challenging for me to go and find people to play and my alternative would have been to go play ice hockey right but I made the excuse 
of telling myself like, eh, it's too expensive. I don't really want to, I don't want to go and do that. And I have a job. I don't have a lot of time. So I made up two excuses, right? I made up the excuse of a time factor because I'm working another job, which was probably the dumbest excuse because most of the people that worked at the Iceplex with me were actually hockey players. So they found the time within uh, working and just requesting the certain days off they needed for practice in a game, or they would work and just get changed at the ice, the ice skating rink, right? So they didn't create the excuse. I created an excuse for myself because they were able to do it. Now, the second one I created was it was expensive. And unfortunately, it is a very, very expensive um, sport. My, I didn't have uh, – I didn't really have my, my parents paying for things for me. I've, I've always been the type of person where I'd pay for it. And, you know, they'd help me along the way once in a while. Like if I needed something like, you know, shoes or something, my mom would buy it for me. Or if I, you know, I really needed something and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of low on cash. I don't really have it. It would help me out. But I, I didn't have like the support that most of these, these, uh, these kids that I was with, a lot of them had wealthier parents and they were able to, you know, throw like a couple hundred, hundred dollars for sticks and then a couple, you know, hundred dollars for skates and a couple hundred dollars for pads. And, you know, it's, it, it was an expensive sport, but if I really wanted it bad enough, I could have, um, you know, I could have, I could have found some way to pay for it. Right. Uh, my friend, Chris, I haven't seen him in a long time. Ho hopefully he watches this cause I'm friends with him on Facebook. So hopefully he watches this and he gets in contact. I've been trying to get in contact with him which I have gotten in contact with him a couple times, uh, but I would love to see him again. But the, the whole point that I'm trying to make on this one is he didn't have a lot of money. His parents didn't, didn't pay for his stuff, and he would kind of like borderline be broke, I'm pretty sure, most of the time because he'd go and buy like skates, go get them sharpened, go buy hockey sticks, go buy pads. And he was constantly was kind of saying like, oh, yeah, I kind of went broke. Like I'm kind of broke now. Cause I, you know, and he constantly would be in the pro shop trying to buy uh, different stuff over there, different equipment to go play hockey. And he'd play in a league. But so, you know, those are excuses that I made for myself with hockey. And I am just saying, you know, it's not really worth it. I don't like the people that play hockey. That was probably the third excuse I probably gave myself with hockey was I didn't like the people. Most of them were cocky, arrogant, in my mind, cocky and arrogant, which comes with the territory, right? It's sports. So I made up that stupid excuse where I'm like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be associated with those types of people. I'd rather work, which, you know, it's not a bad thing, right? Because I didn't, you know, I probably didn't chase a, I didn't chase a dream that was probably very, you know, outside my, uh, outside my limits. I mean, that's going pro in any type of sport is, is very, very limited not a broad area where you can expand and, and create your own path. The path is kind of set for you when you go pro. And what I mean by that is you're kind of, you tend, you tend to sign, uh, you know, contracts where you have to stay with that, that team or whatever for a certain amount of years. Now, you know, people are going to argue that, yeah, even though that sucks and you're kind of stuck and you, and you really don't have a lot of movement, uh, they're getting paid millions of dollars. And the only argument that I can argue you back on that is, you know, a lot of those people end up becoming, you know, a lot of them don't actually uh, sustain the wealth of making the millions. They actually lose a lot of that money and they end up being broke again because most of them don't know, they don't know personal finance. They don't know how to manage money. They don't know how to invest. They don't know how to do certain things. So they lose that money. 
like 90, I think it's like 80, I think it's like 80% or like 75% of, uh, like professional athletes end up going broke at, at one point in time because they, they spent all the money. Um, so, you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're not financially, if you're not financially literate or don't financially know how to keep money, uh, you'll lose money. So <clears throat> the point that I'm trying to make here is, um, you know, I created that excuse where I'm like, you know, I, you know, these people are arrogant. Uh, I don't want to be associated with these people. Um, a lot of them, yeah, like, I think that's basically all that I could think of with those three excuses. But, you know, I made those three excuses and those were, you know, some of them were, you know, maybe a little bit legitimate excuses. Like I said, like the expense one, but I created all that stuff, right? I created that for myself. And if I really wanted to play hockey and make it to a certain, you know, and I had a certain goal for myself, I definitely could have out, out beat those, uh, those excuses. But the thing that I learned is that we constantly create excuses that some of them aren't even real. Like we create almost like a fear, right? Um, excuses are just kind of, in my opinion, are just kind of almost like fear. Like you create the excuse out of fear. And because <clears throat> that's what kind of happened with me a couple of times is like, even with BMX, if I wanted to learn a trick, and I'm like, oh man, like, uh, like I, I can already picture myself doing this wrong and breaking my leg or messing this, you know, try to hit this rail a certain way and end up flipping over and cracking my head. And so I didn't attempt to even like try to learn the trick or I, you know, for a while I had to keep on convincing myself that I could do it and just pass that rail. There's so many times where I wanted to learn a certain trick and I had, a, and it was like, you know, I was pretty into like the grind, the grinding tricks because once I got 180s down, I'm like, oh, man, if I could just do backward grinds, like, that'd be so sick. So there's this one trick where it's called a uh, back – it's called a back uh, – not backwards. It's a, it's a crooked grind, but I kind of forget what it's called. It's like a – it might be a little bit difficult to explain this trick because if people don't know BMX, which, you know, some people that are probably going to pass this or most people that pass this probably don't know uh, too much about BMX tricks, but – it was like a 180 crooked grind. Crooked grind just means that your right your right um, back peg is on the on the rail, and then your right peg is crossed over, um, and so that's why they call it crooked. But I was trying to do it where it was a 180, so I'd go backwards on that crooked grind, and it it was for a while it was is very intimidating because if I hit the rail and don't clear it when I'm doing the 180, I'm going to hit it full speed and I'm going to end up um, smacking my head on, on the side. Right. So I kind of, for a while, I kept giving myself an excuse where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do that. And I don't want to do that. Right. So I passed the rail, I passed the rail, I passed the rail, I passed the rail. And eventually after like maybe like 30 passes, I then eventually end up attempting the, the 180 crooked grind and I'd end up getting to, um, I'd end up basically, you know, conquering the fear of it. And I end up eventually being, being able to do it. Now I think I landed like a couple of them, but I obviously I quit BMX. So I, I didn't end up doing that for a long time. But the, the point that I wanted to say is that I created that excuse, right? Where I'm like, all right, you know, I had to pass it like a hundred times before I could eventually end up attempting it. But the whole entire time I probably could have done it. It's just, I made an excuse where I'm like, oh, I'm going to crack my head if I, if I do this wrong. Um, but you got to tell yourself too, with like excuses, cause everyone has an excuse, right? 
Like if I wanted to go and and call a hundred people right now and be like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to call a hundred people on this list. I, you know, I'm probably going to create an excuse where I'm going to be like, oh, well, a hundred, a hundred, it seems like a long, a long amount of people or a lot of people. I, you know, I don't want to be here for five hours making these calls. So I'm going to cut it down to 50. And now, now I just gave myself an excuse to cut it down to 50. Right. Um, but we all do it. You know, and it's, yeah, I don't think you're ever not going to ever make an excuse. Um, you might, I mean, I don't know. I've never hit that point where I've, I've never had an excuse. And I'm almost positive too. like any wealthy person has probably still makes excuses to this day, but they, they probably have a better understanding of it and they push through it better. And that's what I think makes a good, a good individual, like a professional athlete or a professional salesperson, or I think that's what classifies classifies you from amateur to professional is when is when you um is when basically you can stop making stop making well you're gonna make the excuse but when you can push through when you make the excuse right and still attempt it or still go for it after your mind has already created the excuse that's what I think would classify you differently as amateur over professional professional would be able to be like oh that was an excuse I just made I'm gonna push through that I'm not gonna listen to that and I'm just gonna push through it and I'm gonna con- and I'm gonna basically conquer it and that's what I think the, the, the main difference between those two things are. But um, excuses, man, you got to be careful of them. They, they, they wipe you out. Now, we're going to go to the second topic, which we're going to talk about entitlement. So entitlement, entitlement is uh, – dad just called too. <laughs> it's going to be rough because uh, he's trying to get food, and I don't want to answer it because it's going to kick the live stream off. So we'll see what happens. But um, – so the point with entitlement is, uh, this is a big one because I'm going to talk about two different points on this one. I'm going to, because this isn't a perspective of, it, it's a little bit political on this one. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I try I try to tell you when it's probably going to be a little bit political, but um, it's a little bit political because entitlement, normally, if you think about entitlement, you think more of like millennials, right? And that's because baby boomers or the older generations tends to say, oh, millennials are more entitled or, um, you know, this person, this generation is way more entitled than that generation, right? But entitlement could be anyone. It doesn't have to be millennials. It doesn't have to be baby boomers. It doesn't, you know, it could be any, any person could be more entitled than the other person. But in my opinion with entitlement, it kind of comes across with, um, the aspect of, uh, you know, that you, well, entitlement obviously is, let me, let me break down the definition of entitlement here real quick, but entitlement to me, this is my definition is I, I demand this to happen. Like, let's say I wanted to, um, win an award, right. And I, I committed extremely hard and I want this award and I expect to win this award and I don't get the award and I'm pissed. And I'm like, I, I, I deserve that award. That award should definitely go to me. That's that, that's entitled entitlement to me, right? I mean, I, I feel like I'm entitled to get that award. So that's my definition on entitlement. I'm pretty sure everyone's definition is going to be similar, but you know, you never know because everyone's definitions nowadays are different with everything. But um, entitlement to me really comes down to that. I um, in 
I've never really been too entitled. I'm not going to lie to you. There's been a couple of times where I'm like, you know, I felt entitled to get that or I, you know, why did that person get that? And I didn't get that. That that's very normal. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that's not normal. I think it's actually not normal if you don't feel entitled in some type of way, right? Where you have that feeling of, man, I really deserve that. I really needed that. Or that that was mine, right? Um, but I've been, for the most part, I've, I've had this type of trait uh, my whole entire life because I'm very humble, right? I'm a very humble person. I've had this trait pretty locked down pretty well where I never, if someone won something, I was kind of, I was kind of like, okay, like that person, like good for that person, right? Like maybe next time I'll get that. And, you know, I've tried, and then I try to go a little bit more aggressive and I try to go out and I try to go and win it for myself. But I, I've never been the type of person where I'm like, oh, that person got that, like F that guy, like I should have got that, right? I, I, or um, in hockey, if I lost the game, I've, I've never, I was never like, oh, screw that kid, screw that team, right? Like they don't deserve to win. We deserve to win. I never said that, right? I, I never, I never had that kind of like mindset. I was always kind of like, all right, they won fair and square. They deserve, they, you know, they deserve that trophy. They, they won the game. We couldn't commit and we couldn't do what they did. And that's why we lost, right? I've always been kind of humble that way. Um, now that where it came, where, where it comes times where I kind of was kind of feeling a little bit entitled, uh, the best one I could give you is like social media right? Social media in the sense of, um, I'd go on the feeds and I'd see people that I went to high school with or people I went to middle school with. And I'd see them like, uh, I give you one, which if he, if he joins, cause on my Facebook and Instagram, I believe, but if he joins, it'd be kind of funny, but there's this one where, um, this one kid I know, uh, Austin would, it, it would constantly be traveling, he'd, like show you pictures of like Puerto Rico. And then he'd show you like Hawaii and this place right and it would just be him traveling at the same time he's showing you him driving a plane so you know obviously he's probably committed to um aviation right and being a pilot and you know i kind of do have a, a a deep down desire to learn how to fly one day and i'd see it and i'd be like damn yo like you know why can't i do that like why can't i go and, and get a pilot's license and why can't i go and fly planes and travel across the world and so the entitlement for me is, is that point, right? Like I'm seeing other people do things and I'm looking at it from a social media point of view and I'm, and I'm comparing myself to that person and I'm going, well, you know, I do this and this, like I deserve to go on that trip. And um, I was kind of doing that for like a couple of months and I, I caught myself and I'm like, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel shitty about myself. Like not in the fact that um, like I feel embarrassed about it, it's more the fact that I'm like, well, I'm not that, that person. Like, that's not me, right? Like, that's, that's that, that person's own personality, and that's that own person's um, way of life. And that's not my way of life. My way of life is this, and, like, I'm trying to do this, and I'm trying to go in this direction. And I had to kind of, like, recalibrate myself and reprogram, like, the way I was thinking on it, right? And that's what uh, – that, that's what I was kind of thinking to myself was, you know, like, damn, like, I, you know, I felt kind of entitled right there. Um, some other things too is like driving. Like sometimes I feel entitled when I drive and it's just a natural instinct because when I'm driving, like I hate when people cut me off for no reason, right? There'll be, let's say it's on the highway, 
or I, the highway is not that bad because normally like they speed off and you can kind of get around the next person or whatever. But when it's on a street like today, like I'll give you a perfect example today. I'm driving and I'm trying to get onto the exit. And right before we get to the light, uh, this car tries to squeeze in. No blinker, which is the one thing that drives me crazy is when people don't use the damn blinker because um, I, I'm thinking I'm going to go through and this car all, all of a sudden just throws himself inside and I'm like, like, dude, like, I didn't know you're going to do that. Like, at least if you would have put your blinker on, I would have had some time to react. Right. Um, and he just throws himself in and he ends up making the light and I missed the light because he delayed me a couple, um, a couple seconds behind and I, I could have made the light if he didn't do that. Right. So he, in a sense made it and he got rewarded for cutting me off. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, of course he makes it and I don't make it. So what is that? That's entitled. I felt entitled that I should have made the light, right? But I'm not entitled to make the light. But I felt entitled, right? So my, my point is like, it's, it's, a natural, it's a natural instinct. There's, there's, there's Bailey B. It's a little, uh, little baby B right there. But, uh, but my point is... Um, my point is it's a, it's a natural feeling to feel entitled. It's just, are you going to figure, it's kind of like the excuses, right? Where it's very natural for your, yourself to do the excuses, but are you going to catch yourself? Are you going to try to correct yourself? Because uh, the, the biggest problem is a lot of us are not, um, including myself at times, we're, we're not realizing what we're doing. We're not paying attention to what we're saying to ourselves. We're not paying attention to how we're reacting to different situations. We're just doing it. And that's why when I tell you like in the beginning too with um, updates and I'm like, you know, I'm struggling. I'm like really hard to do this. And it's because I've done this for 18 years and now I'm trying to change it. It's because for so long we haven't been really trying to pay attention to our actions, our emotions, our movements. And once you start doing it, you start seeing the crazy crap that you do. And you're like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for 20 years, right? Or more. And then you're trying to fix it and it's, you know, your body's already adapted and you're already, your, your uh, posture is already adapted. And that's what we don't realize. Like we don't think that way. We don't think long-term. We think, we just think like, okay, it's whatever. It's in the moment. And so we think short-term. And in my mind, you know, entitlement, there is a lot of entitlement, but this comes from both sides. It's not, you know, it, you know, I don't want to say it comes more from the millennial side, even though, you know, I do tend to see that, but I think it's also because millennials are starting to get to a point where they're, they're becoming, they're becoming more politically active. And this is a theory I have, like, I can't tell you that it's a hundred percent accurate or anything. It's just a theory that I, I, you know, I come up with a lot of theories on, on, on what's going on, but I think what it is, is technology is at an all-time high right now. Internet is very accessible. Everyone has internet now. So now kids are able to go on and look at things um, politically very, very fast and very committed. And what's going on is, um, I think what's going on is everyone's very politically um, engaged, right? So now the younger audiences are very more politically engaged. And they feel like they're entitled to get certain things because that's what, you know, that's what some of these politicians are telling you. They're like, oh, like you should be able to go to college for free. You should be able to go here for free. You should be able to go and do that for free. You should be able to go get a job whenever you want. Right. 
Um, and the, 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 the problem that most people don't realize is like, that's all entitlement. Like there's nothing expected. Like society is not, you're not expected to get everything just cause you want it. You're expected to get things that you deserve. And I really think that's the, the big issue, but it's also, I'm telling you, it's not just millennials, uh, you know, baby boomers and the older generations love to say that it's millennials. Um, and I kind of thought the same way for a while, just because, you know, I have an older mindset. I don't have a young mindset. I have like, uh, you know, some, ca- you know, categories, I do have a, a young mindset, but in other categories, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm a lot more advanced with information and like, I think a lot older, I think long-term, I think of, um, you know, how, how can I get to point A to point B, uh, you know, kind of like, I, I do tend to think a little bit more conservatively, but my my point being is that it comes from both sides. I've, I've you know everyone's entitled in some way, shape, or form, and until you pick up on it, until you realize that oh man, like that's what I'm doing, you're not going to realize it. But uh, for me, you know, I, I do see it sometimes with my mom, right? Or I see it sometimes with my uh, with my dad, or I'll see it sometimes with my sister. You know, especially my sister because. Um, I think the, the the biggest disservice that happened to my sister was um, I tended to be a little bit more of an easier sibling. So they would go in for a while. My sister was playing travel soccer. And this is something that, um, you know, helped me out. And I don't think helped her out too well. But um, when my sister was playing a lot of travel soccer, my parents would kind of tend to her a lot. And I'd be more independent. And I'd be like, you know, and, and my mom would always be like, you know, I kind of feel bad because we're doing this for her and we're not doing this for you. And I'm like, yeah, it's all good. I'm like, you know, you, you help her out. She needs the help. I don't really need the help right now. So I kind of, you know, um, confirm with them like, you know, I don't really need help right now. I'm pretty independent. I like kind of being independent. I feel like it makes me more of an adult. I, um, I like the fact that I don't have to, I don't like, you know, taking things from you and I can do it on my own. And I, I like the feeling of that. And I, um, you know, it, it, I know a lot of people my age at the time were not doing that. They were just like, oh, I want a video game. So they go and get money from their parents or they have their parents buy it. And um, I'd find ways to go and get things that I wanted without having to, you know, break my, my parents' piggy bank or, I'd, or ask my parents for money. And, you know, that's why I think did a little bit of a disservice for my sister because my sister, I feel like at times feels like she's entitled. Um, you know, no disrespect to my sister. I love my sister to death. I just you know, sometimes I see it cause she's like, I got to go here and doesn't really plan things out. And she doesn't, she doesn't try to find the way out. She kind of expects, which, you know, she's been a lot better with it. I'm not going to lie to you. It's been a lot better with it. Um, but you know, before she, you know, would expect like my grandparents to give her, um, to give her like a car or something or uh, my grandparents to do this or my mom to do that. And, I never expected that, you know, that's kind of stuff. Like in my mind, I'm like, all right, it's a backup resource, right? Like if ever I needed something, I just use them as a backup resource. But, uh, I, you know, I never, I never was like, oh, I need to, they're definitely going to give me this. Like it, you know, they're going to give me this, right? I never had like the entitlement of like, all right, I got to go get this from that person or this from that person. But anyways, that's entitlement, right? Um, but you know, other generations are the same way, like, like healthcare, like healthcare is a big topic right now, politically. And a lot of people believe that, um, healthcare is an entitlement that 
everyone should have access to healthcare, which um, I think everyone's pretty much on the same page with the access part. But the the thing is that when most people say access, they 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 mean in the sense that um, if any any American citizen goes to the hospital, that you know someone should pay for it, and or or you know not be able to get ripped off in a sense, which I think most people are kind of agree with on both sides that, you know, the healthcare system is obviously messed up and that it, it needs is some type of tune up or some type of, of fix. Um, but the, the biggest difference that I, that I realize on both sides is that one side tends to try to go for, um, you know, a free healthcare system, which obviously doesn't work because someone has to pay for it. And they're probably, you know, they're going to say that they want the rich to pay for it, which the rich already pay, uh, you know, like 90 fucking, my, excuse my French, I didn't mean to, to get a little bit uh, with the F word, but <laughs> um, kind of slip, but, you know, 90% of everything else and the poor doesn't contribute their part. So that's what people don't realize is uh, if you take a chart of like taxpayers, people that actually pay taxes, uh, the poor don't contribute anything. They actually go negative. The rich or the wealthy actually pay the extra part for the um, for the poor people or the people that don't have the money to contribute to taxes. And most people most people don't know that, right? Most people don't really know that. And um, uh, the part that I wanted to get to on this is that you know most people feel in oh man, goddamn, <laughs> scared me. Give me one sec. How bad, guys? Scared me because I hit, um, <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but uh, I went to press a button on the phone because um, something came up and I had to get it off to keep the stream going. And all of a sudden, the music from my computer started playing and it was very loud. <laughs> and it scared the hell out of me. And I had to figure out how to like turn it off real quick. But anyways, technical difficulties, man. This is what happens when you're working by yourself, right? I got to figure out how to get a uh, product or not product. Um, I can't think of the word. got to figure out how to get a, a producer or something to, to control all this stuff. But anyways, in time, right? That's, that's a goal for goals and updates, get a producer. But anyways, or a, uh, a production team. But the, the whole point that I was trying to make with this is that most people feel entitled to healthcare and, and you know, you, you're not, you're not entitled to healthcare. Um, affordable, you know, maybe, may but that's also still an entitlement, right? That, that you think that you deserve. And, you know, I, I don't have any solutions. You know, I don't, I, I really don't tend to talk much about healthcare. You know, the only, only thing that I know about healthcare is that I don't think you should be forced to be on any type of plan. You should have the free market where, you know, if, if this person needs this type of coverage, that person can go, go get the coverage. Um, cause everyone's different. Everyone's gonna have different healthcare needs. Everyone's gonna, you know, this person might have asthma. That person might have, um, a messed up foot, right? This person might have plates that he has to go and get checked out every single time. Uh, like metal plates in, in, in his bones, you know, helping him keep his, uh, bone structure well. But <clears throat> the point that I was trying to make on that is, um, you know, a lot of us feel entitled to that kind of stuff. And, you know, you gotta you gotta think of things in in the sense of like 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 I always say like a three sixty perspective. Now I you know I'm not here to debate on healthcare because like I said I, I don't know I that's one of the topics that I, that you hear a lot about is the healthcare, 
and I know very, very minor things about healthcare. So that's why I never, if anyone ever came up to me and was talking about healthcare, I automatically tell them, I'm like, I don't really have a lot of information to really debate you on healthcare uh, for this, for the single fact that I don't know much about healthcare. And <clears throat> I've had conversations with people that sell healthcare before, like one of my friends, um, but he really didn't really give me too much of a clear understanding of like the difference between this plan and that plan and that plan and that plan. Um, too well either like like certain policy structures and stuff like that and he even said it's complicated it's a very very complicated type of system that you have to really like probably sit down for a couple hours and really learn right so um the point that i wanted to make here is uh you got to be careful with entitlements uh it happens on both sides right it happens on both sides it's not it's not just the millennials it's not just the baby boomers give me one sec um i'm going to talk to you at the same time I'm trying to do this my, my dad's trying to tell me something. Um, he's supposed to get me uh, getting some food. Uh, give me one sec. Uh, it's going to be kind of kind of bad. I'm trying my best here to multitask. Um, but anyways, so <clears throat> the point that I'm trying to make is, um, you know, entitlement. Everyone has entitlements. Right. In some way, shape or form, we all feel like we deserve something. We worked so hard for this and didn't get that. Uh, you got to just try to be careful that you're not, you know, you're not creating entitlements for yourself because it restricts you because then you don't really, then you don't really try to achieve for it. You kind of actually quit. And that's something that I've seen people at my job. A lot of people, they quit on something halfway or they half ass something because they feel entitled to something. They don't get it. And they're like, oh man, like, like, screw this company, I'm not going to do anything. And you're not entitled to anything. You're, you know, you, you got to be careful with that. Like, you're not entitled. The world owes you nothing. My favorite saying is the world owes you nothing. You got to create things for yourself. Uh, you know, the my next door neighbor is, I'm not entitled to anything to that next door neighbor. All that property is owned by that, that neighbor, and it's not mine. Uh, they're not entitled to help me in any shape, um, any form whatsoever, financially, um, food-wise, nothing, right? So the, the point that I'm trying to make to you is that, you know, you got to be careful with entitlements. I know I've said this like, I think now I'm going on six times that I've said uh, the point that I'm trying to make. But just be very, very careful with the entitlements because they, they restrict you. That's what a lot of people don't realize either is the entitlements kind of hold you in a, uh, a shackle type of um, – like a, like a chain and shackle, shackle type of uh, situation where like you're kind of restricted. You can't, can't get out of or move around or uh, try to make your own luck or your own fortune. It kind of restricts you and you're, and you're stuck in, in, a, in, a, in the situation or that position. So that's entitlements. Now I'm going to do done deal investments. I'm going to wrap this up because I got to gotta make this, uh, you know, try to get this off fast and, and move on. But so for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dunn Deal Investments LLC where the deal is already done. Now, for, for anyone that doesn't know this business that well, um, how this process works is called a three-step process that I call the three steps of financial freedom. Now, the first step is you have to contact Dunn Deal Investments in, in some uh, form, right? You have to call, you have to text, you can email, uh, you can go on my website and do the, you know, fill out a form. Oh, the dog's going to be really loud on this. I already know it. Uh, or, you know, contact us in some way, shape, or form, whether it's website, email, phone, texting, 
Um, I'm trying to think what else. Social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anything that, you know, any way that you feel comfortable doing, I highly recommend uh, doing that. You know, you don't have to call. I, I highly recommend that you call, by the way, too, because uh, calling is just easier. It's just better to get information. It's faster. It's quicker. Um, it, you know, I don't have to go back and forth. So how, um, so that, that's step one, right? So in step one as well, uh, the part that I'm trying to um, do is the, the first step is once you get to that, I'm just going to ask some very, very basic questions. So questions on your property, you know, the financial conditions that you're trying to get out of or whatever situation you're trying to get out of. And then that's basically it. So it's just basic, basic questions. From there, we go into step two. Now, step two is we set up an appointment uh, to go to your property. And when we go to your property, I'm just going to go and take five pictures inside your house and five pictures outside your house. Uh, from there, I also bring a, a sheet with me that I'm just going to jot down. Like, all right, we have, um, you know, windows that we have to fix. We have roof damage. We have, you know, any, any damages that's going to be a cost to the investor. We jot down and that's where we get the, the rough estimate of like, all right, is this how much money it's going to take for this property to be put in mint condition for this investor to make a profit off of? Um, then we go from step two to step three. Now, step three is just very basic. It's basically at this point, we run comps in your neighborhood. We get the average price. And from the average price, we just deduct uh, what it's going to take for that investor to uh, you know, put the, put that property in mint condition. So basically what I just said in step two, where that's why we're taking the estimates and we're going and when we're trying to figure out, you know, what's, you know, what's wrong with your property where the investor is going to have to flip it and it's going to be a cost of that investor. That's where that part comes in place. Now the reason why we're doing uh, five pictures inside your property and five pictures outside your property is just because when we go to find investors, I don't want all this foot traffic coming through your house where you're going to have to take off work. You're going to have to, um, you know, make a lot of time. You know, it takes a lot of time away from you. It takes a lot of time from done deal investments, uh, resources as well. And so the 10 pictures we will send with an estimate to, um, to the investors that we're looking at through our list. And if we don't have one on our list that wants to buy your property, uh, I'll do everything in my power to go find you one, right? So <clears throat> for any reason, we'll find you 110%. An investor that wants to get on on that on that deal with that property, so that's why we're taking the ten pictures. Now, from that, what we do is we're still on step three. Is once we get the average price, we deduct it from the the cost of the investor. Um, then we negotiate on that price, right? So me and the seller will negotiate on that price, and you tell me your terms. You go, okay, here's the price that we agreed upon. Here's the terms that you got to stand there for another three weeks. You know, whatever you need, you let me know. And my job is to, once we get that negotiated price, once we get the terms together, my job is to get the investor on the same page. So that way everyone's on the same page and the deal goes a lot smoother that way. From there, uh, once we agree on everything, once we agree on everything, we then go and sign the contract. So the seller signs a contract, I sign the contract, and the investor signs the contract, uh, and, the, and the seller signs the contract. And from there, what ends up happening is then um, the seller, 
will then go and sorry if I seem like kind of distraught. I'm like all these things are happening at once. Like this person's calling me, this person's sending me text messages, like things are popping up everywhere. Uh, notifications going crazy. But uh, so what ends up happening right after I said someone's calling, I get, <clears throat> I get a call from my friend. But anyways, so what happens at this point is then the seller goes into uh, the seller gets the, the cash offer that was promised to him in the contract. Dundeal investments will also help them further by trying to give them any resources they need. Like they need a home inspector, they need a real estate agent, they need financing, whatever they need to get them to the next property. So they're financially okay. Dundeal investments will help them out with that resource. Then uh, the investor will obviously win because investor will flip the property and make capital gains on it. And Dundeal Investments will obviously make some profit off of commission fees uh, based upon um, what we call a finder's fee. So that commission fee will be paid by the investor and not the seller, which is the best part about the whole entire uh, deal or process because the seller will not have to pay the commission fee. The investor that already has the money to really be able to do it will pay Dundeal Investments that commission fee. Now, now how this works is um well that's how it works i don't know why i said that but <clears throat> so from that point uh what this will actually help like the people at this this type of uh business will actually really help are people that are that have liens on their property behind on back taxes uh people that maybe inherited a house and that property wasn't very kept well or kept well um messy messy divorces where they just want to sell very very fast they don't want to wait months to sell it on the market uh, you had, you know, bad, bad experiences with uh, real estate agents where your house just sit, sat on the market for a long, long time. And then they collected a heavy, heavy um, commission fee. Well, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Pre-foreclosure, right? You're behind on your payments for the mortgage and you just, you're trying to get ahead as, as best you possibly can. And your credit's just getting destroyed. I'm trying to think, um, Job transfers, right? You get a quick job somewhere and you have to travel to a different state or you have to travel to maybe a different city within that same state. Excuse me, but it, it, you have to sell very, very fast because uh, you only have a week or maybe a little bit less in order to do it. Um, or you just, you know, you just like to, you just want to sell it fast, right? You just, uh, you like the idea that selling, the selling process could be a lot faster and you're just like, hey, you know, I definitely would want to sell my house faster. <clears throat> Why not? Right. And to, and to a quick seller, right. To someone that's actually probably guaranteed to buy the property. So, or that is guaranteed to buy the property. So, um, so those are the, the types of situations where Dundeal investments would really be a good, a good resource to help you out. And that's what I created Dundeal investments for was to create a resource for homeowners or property owners uh, because the only property or resource um, element that kind of, you know, helps you financially is really a bank. The bank is really the only financial resource uh, that you can use. And, you know, if you're, if you have a mortgage with them and you're behind on the payments, they're not going to really, they're not going to really try to, they're going to kind of be pissed that you didn't commit to your end of the contract. So they're, they're not going to really help you too much. They might try to help you by lowering the payments maybe a little bit and extending uh, the time that you're paying them on interest. Uh, but you know, sometimes that doesn't always work. Maybe you really don't have the money and you know, you're not talking about a, a small percentage. You're talking about, uh, I believe it's like 30% of everyone's budget is normally housing. 
right? 30% of your money or your income goes to housing. So, so that's what, um, you know, done deal investments does, you know, I'm trying to get it to a point where we can add different elements, different resources like financing, our own real estate team, home inspections, uh, different elements where it would actually help the homeowner progress into other resources where uh, they, they could, you know, use the same company for all different types of resources at, you know, you know, good cost, uh, a company that they could actually trust and just create like a, a whole different um, company that just does everything for property owners. And then obviously for investors too, because like right now we're obviously helping investors as much as we're helping the seller, right? We're helping both parties out, but we could also continue that down the line with like home inspections would also help uh uh, real estate investors and different elements would help other people. So that's what I really want to build this business up to and get it to. So that's done deal investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. I'm going to wrap this up and cut it a little bit short just because I, I got to do some stuff, but uh, this has been episode 88 of goals and updates. And I appreciate it for everyone that's watching. Uh, give me some feedback if, if you can, uh, if you you know have any feedback, just give it to me, write a comment. I'll, I'll look at it later or just send me a direct message or whatever you want to do. Just reply to me or reach out to me. Peace.